0: Hello, Heron. Yes. How did you know my headphones weren't plugged in? Because when I typed, I could hear the ding come back through the microphone, and if your head had been in the way, ah, that okay. wouldn't have been the case.
1: Yes, okay, yeah. Yeah, I uh, I alternate between my earbuds and my headset mm. in, in this little USB thing I've got, because when I watch a movie, I put the earbuds in, and anyway, uh, I forgot to switch back. <laughs> <laughs> Well, anyway, we're communicating.
0: We've, we've got a, a few topics on my end. Do you have any topics you want to kick off with?
1: The questions that Connor Cites Bowen put up I thought were kind of interesting. Okay. Although we've, been, we've covered some of that ground a number of times. But the games thing interested me. Mm. Because I was thinking if we, you know, I mean, we spend so much time worrying about starving to death and murdering one another mm-hmm. that, If if we didn't have to work and we didn't have to murder one another, we'd have a lot of free time. And I would imagine games would be like a major part of our lives in a reasonable world. What the hell else would you do?
0: (laughs) Well, that's interesting. I mean, I think there's a concept here associated with luxury time. And also, I'm always curious what percentage of the population actively, and there are so many different kinds of games now, that it's kind of hard to have a discussion about games in an abstract sense. Well, yeah, you
1: have to talk about specific. Well, basically, it's something to do with your time when you're not busy killing people or or working to avoid starving to death.
0: Yeah, but there are other things to do with your time in
1: that period that Oh yeah, there's yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's all right to all sorts of other stuff yeah. to. You're right. Yeah. But games certainly, you know, so I'm thinking sports, art, all of that sort of to me goes into the same category as stuff that you do when you don't have to worry anymore. How you can when you can spend your time the way you want to.
0: So I'm going to pull a little bit of Marxist thought out from the ether of my prior (laughs) Uh reading. Let's talk about sports as an idea. Because sports, I've often framed, particularly if you look at uh, cultures of militarism, as being pretty heavily intertwined. And I'm wondering if you eliminate the killing people
1: (laughs) or these kind of things, whether traditional sports... Well, boxing is a good example. Yeah, certainly yeah and as far as I'm concerned, that's perfectly legitimate sport. Mm. The problem is is that there's money involved in it mm. once you get capitalism out of the picture <laughs> the you know people see it as a way out of their circumstances if yeah. you take if you take it on because it's an awesome sport yeah. that that pits one person against another and a, where a moment's lapse of consciousness ends it yeah <laughs> you know it's a stunning sport yeah well i mean in terms of just the
0: Political renaissance associated with boxing through the sixties and the seventies. Unfortunately, nothing has occurred more recently, or at least I've missed something quite profound. Yeah. But the nature of Muhammad Ali, just as a <laughs> a force, a political, an intellectual, and you know, and a leader within his particular particular community, you have to get the sense that boxing. Has a number of really positive benefits aside from, uh, you know, the financial aspect of it as well.
1: Well, yeah, but I mean, again, you, everything that happens in this culture is perverted. Without question. so uh, like, this, is, uh, it, this goes it, back to my yeah.
0: question associated with what does sports as an idea
1: look like? Out in, of, outside of capitalism. Exactly. You and outside yeah. of militarism. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I think it looks pretty much like it does now, except I suspect it will expand considerably into things that we haven't. Again, I'm not sure that dancing is dance a sport or is that an art?
0: Well, it depends <laughs> yeah. whether you're the Olympic Committee or not and which yeah, Olympic yeah. Committee you are. So, yeah.
1: so yeah. anyway, I'm saying these these words we're talking about are, are these uh, abstractions that have been invented in a world that is really pretty stupid. And maybe sports is not really at the right – maybe we should yeah. – yeah. And leisure is – I mean, again, in a world where people only work one month a year, uh, that, I mean, that just changes everything.
0: Look. In an abstract sense, you know, the idea of football scholarships in the kind of contemporary <laughs> setting. I and mean, I think it's an interesting mode of analysis. If you eliminated capitalism and if you eliminated, you know, violent confrontation, however one would do this.
1: Yeah. Well, you do it by, by having a population of human beings that are not unconscious language monkeys. <laughs> That's how you do
0: it. So, I spent a few days, (laughs) slightly more than a week, at Michigan State University, East Lansing, where sports, and I think this is the case, I mean, we live very close to um, San Jose State University's football field and stadium. Yeah. So, I'm well aware of the way in which sports are completely intertwined with education in this country.
1: Oh, yeah, and business, and media. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But again, I'm I'm not... Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, there's just nothing there. I mean, basically, the s- the system is just perverted by everything. Mm. But the idea of physical competition, like running, trying to seeing who's the fastest, or but again, playing chess, you know, or dancing. Mm. There, there's all sorts of ways for us to use our bodies and our minds that don't have anything to do with making a living. So, and, and that's the issue, is that now we've got this huge divide. The whole universe is divided into stuff I do to so that I won't starve to death and other stuff. Do you think the Gendo monks would allow
0: the concept of the fastest Why not? to continue?
1: Why not? Well,
0: because it establishes firstly, well, the fastest meaning the fastest at a particular time.
1: Yeah, right. Now, yeah, the guy... Well, there you, there are records, too. There's the guy who's run the fastest mile ever, period. Mm. You know, until the next guy that comes up and well, shaves a hundredth of a second off this it. Is,
0: this is the interesting kind of intellectual distinction associated with what competitive sports... Mean in an abstract concept, it's very yeah. difficult to remove it from the way we see it in a kind of contemporary setting. Well, contemporary, we
1: a, yeah, you know. yeah. And, and even competitive sport. I mean, sports don't necessarily, again, dance. I mean, I'm not really sure how you distinguish, except when everybody's on the same team. Mm. <laughs> there aren't two teams. There's just one team and they're, and they're striving to do the best they can. And in fact, a lot of that, that competition is really artificial. And this, you know, I'm just thinking any, team sport, I mean, people just get together to do the best they can, and the rest is just the social stuff, the story we have that goes along with it, and the story we have now is perverted. The nature of competition
0: and the application of competition to almost every aspect of society is something that I find really very curious. And I've made this point associated with academic prizes that are oh, awarded yeah. in abstract yeah. ways to the best, very similar to the fastest, yeah. except even more abstract. Well, yeah. yeah, go ahead. And I've used this as a strong criticism that anyone who wants to have any intellectual teeth shouldn't even waste their time involving themselves in these kind of, you know, political trying to be, you know, some objective factual thing in actuality just
1: What if you just like running? Well that's and you're think- really good at it. And and there are other people who really like running who are really good at it and you wanna See, you know, play together. Well, that's what would interesting. you do? What? Well, why can't you just play together? Why is there well, a notion of well, a, of competition well, that's well, implicit with this thing? Well, I'm not sure that competition is necessarily against playfulness. I, I don't see. I don't see it that way. It's just, you know. Well, uh, let it's, me let me delve into my beautiful historic legacy of being a student in Australia. Yeah, but we're talking about now this world, and I agree with you. In this world, the whole concept is sick and fucked up, and tied in with all sorts of stupid mm. shit. No, but let's... I don't think that's inherent in the concept of sports or activity or competition. Growing up in Australia, and I've
0: heard similar things in China and other countries of this kind of nature. Being an Olympic athlete. Was was one of the few ways that you could actually succeed in Australia. So as a child, I had to swim Olympic sized swimming pools to be
1: critiqued on my style, ad nauseum. <laughs> okay, but you not because you wanted yeah, but you didn't want to do it. You were being forced to do it. That's because exactly. of some stupid what well, that's bullshit. You're right, that's all the perversion I'm talking about. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. But I guess my
0: concern is that when you start taking the layers of perversion off the onion, you come to a layer which well, I am layer deeper yeah. than yeah. you might be, that says this notion of competition here is something which is decidedly abstract in the concept where we're all, you know, living in the post-apocalyptic Gendo universe together. Well, so, but that's
1: uh, abstract too. At this point, they're both just a couple of ideas.
0: Well, no, actually, one is very real. I mean, the experience of sport as a phenomena that I have had, but also the people who've grown up in this country who've gone yeah, to well, colleges that... Yeah, well, yeah, I've Exactly. I'm, so, yeah, I know.
1: that's no particular
0: abstract, I would say.
1: Well, I'm just saying, I just, you know, listen, you're welcome to your opinion about this. I, I just have a different one. I don't see anything inherently... I know a lot... I'm on the wrong. Side of the fence here. Most people see competition as a kind of sickness, and I I just don't see it that way. I see it as one way for us to play together. But you've decided to opt out
0: through a lot of competitions. Through oh yeah, I don't find
1: yeah I don't find competition all that interesting. But in some areas, I mean, I certainly you know like the Academy Awards. That's kind of silly. I mean, the big deal is being nominated. You know, whether, whether the fuck you win or not, who, what, what people are interested in is the recognition of their peers for having done a good job. Mm. And I, and I think that, I think that is a valuable aspect of human behavior is the recognition, uh, for doing a good job. Do you feel you've ever been recognized for doing a good job? Oh, yeah. I mean, n- not fully, but then, you know, who cares? I mean, I take what I get.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess that in an abstract sense is probably what, you know, what distances us from actors in some quite strange way. I mean, the notion of peers here is very interesting as it relates to the kind of stuff that you and I
1: rap about. But when you're... I'm I'm a little bit lost here. Uh, (laughs) I'm not sure... Let's let's reconvene. Let's reconvene (laughs) on something that, that we can both
0: talk about. Well, I uh, yeah, I I don't know what more I can kind of wrap on this topic, but yeah. Well, it was just this whole thing
1: started, yeah, with uh, the idea of games. And again, Mm. the idea of games is really up for grabs as to just what, like I say, I mean, there's dancing, music, uh, art, uh, Mm. you know, running, ping pong, uh, tiddlywinks, chess, Mm. you know. I mean, we have the ability to create our own games as well. Oh yeah, yeah, just yeah, walking down the street, not stepping on the cracks, hmm.
0: <laughs> or creating detailed, cr- you know, abstract universes that have mathematics behind them, and these. Yeah, kind of
1: things. or or like say yeah. painting. Yeah, you know, drawing something yeah. with a, a a good pen. Yeah. Uh, you know, again, I think maybe the con, you know, this is good because I, I'm really beginning to think, I mean, everyone's known for ages the word game is sort of meaningless, <laughs> you know, when you really get down to, and I think maybe we really need to get way beyond that and start talking. It's really a, 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 a pastime, I think. Mm-hmm. And there are many ways for us to um, enjoy ourselves. Uh, with the time, with the, the time we have when we're not busy murdering one another and uh, working to survive, certainly. And so, to me, all that—I mean, art, dance, uh, football—you know—it all—it all goes in the same place. How do you abstract the notion of
0: culture and? I mean, if you have the notion of the fastest, you probably have notions of a kind of continuum of art and culture. You have high art and high culture and no, low that's art a, and low culture. Yeah,
1: that's, no, 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 thanks. I don't want to get, <laughs> that's a tough one. I mean, defining art and what's, you know, mm. I mean, I have my, te- basically to me, this all gets back back, back down to your story. Mm-hmm. I happen to like, you know, uh, Shostakovich string quartets. Mm-hmm. You know, most people don't like that. You know, uh, what I what I think of music and art and all that stuff is very different than what most people think of by that, I guess. And you know, is J.S. Bach really better than MC Hammer? Well, I think so.
0: <laughs> you know, but you, do, but you could do MC Hammer in the style of Bach.
1: Uh, yeah, well, yeah, and I suppose you could do Bach in the style of MC Hammer. You could do one, some Bach cantatas. Very true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so... You know, all these, these labels that we have that we apply, again, they're, they they can be useful. The problem is, is people, people start to forget that these labels, that we make these labels up, Mm. (laughs) you know, and then they start thinking that's, again, we project our fantasies out into as though there's some aspect of the world of objective reality, whatever that means. And instead of realizing it's just our own projections about the way we think about things. And like I say, that's why I don't see any harm in competition as long as you understand what it is. Hmm.
0: It's interesting because I don't deny, not necessarily the benefit of competition, but the fact that competition is very central to, you know, the pervasive cultures. Well, yeah, uh, yeah,
1: yeah, I agree with you completely. Uh, you know, once, yes. but again, uh, I, to, in my mind, this idea of a, a culture without all the perversion of this culture is really not that difficult to envision. Mm. You know, I mean, it seems, it's relatively straightforward. It, it's a planet full of people who know that they're, language monkeys, and take that into consideration in all of their behavior. Hmm. Just like we take our bodies into consideration in all of our behavior without really thinking about it much because it's just sort of built right in now. Certainly, And I think that really we need a sort of epistemological enema or, or something when we're children. <laughs> no, maybe that's not, that, that, that just popped into my mind. It's really not a very good analogy. Very but the good. idea of children uh, being raised in such an environment that – the con the idea that all they've got is their story that they picked up from their culture and their language and and you know and it may be good or not, who knows, but that's it. That's what they've got. And they don't know what reality really is. And they're just gonna have to get over it. And I think we can get over that easily. And imagine a whole planet of people. I mean, nobody's going to blow themselves up. Well, maybe someone would blow themselves up uh, if they were actually awake. But it's hard for me to imagine. It would have to be pretty dire circumstances.
0: well the ability to control when you die is a very interesting
1: thing oh yeah oh yeah 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 actually in that sense i would i would think that uh yeah suicide is the optimum uh way to end your life Hmm. in some ways Hmm. well for some people sometimes that would be the ideal i mean i would hope really in that sense you know that um, I mean, one night I actually went to sleep with the the expectation of not waking up in the morning. I thought I was having a heart attack, mm. and um, so I just laid there. Eventually, I went to sleep and I woke up, <laughs> so everything was okay, yeah. you know. But uh, I, I kept, you know, if I was bedridden and just a burden to everybody, and someone had to come and wipe my ass for me, mm. you know, I don't want to live like that. I would very much like to have everybody I like over, and we'll all get drunk and party and, and do stuff, and uh, and then when it's all over, I'll say goodbye and I'll check out, mm. and that sounds just like the ideal death, uh, and, and except just keeling over in the middle of having a good time or something. Certainly, yes,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting concept. I think the. I mean, I'm I'm getting more intimately acquainted with people that have life-threatening conditions currently. Mm, I I talk to one fellow in particular occasionally, and it strikes me as an interesting, because I, you know, in terms of my observations, in terms of these kind of things, I can't, I mean, I I want to give advice, and I have things to say, and I do occasionally make the points associated with, you know. You don't have to give advice in order
1: to just share your opinion. Well, that's difficult.
0: Okay, you're right. Sharing the opinion is really the the cleanest possible way of describing. But at the same point, my my sense is sometimes just listening is probably better in these
1: circumstances. Yeah, well, yeah, you have to... Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> well, you don't give advice unless they ask. Yes. Yeah, you listen yes. and yes. then if they're interested in what your opinion is, then you can give it. Mm. Yeah, I completely. But I I actually just have been having a conversation with a friend that uh, in the last couple of days about this who is seriously considering it and mm. he doesn't have any, any terminal illness or anything. He's just, you know, well, it's it's complicated. I don't want to go into detail. I'm certainly not going to say who, but mm-hmm. but uh, he's a very intelligent, very aware guy, mm. and he just doesn't want to put up with the bullshit. Yeah, you know, he's just he's just fucking sick of dealing with human beings. Yeah, and um, you know, and we talked for quite a while there, other night. You know, and I can't say you know no, 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 no. Don't kill yourself because I'm thinking, mm. you know, it's just like playing poker. If you get a shitty hand. You you cash it in, yeah, and then take the next deal. Yeah, well, you if know, you cash if it for it some in this, people, however, you may not get the next deal. That's well, the, well, that's well, whatever, you know. But the yeah. point is, is if this is not working, and and you don't like it, then your choice is to continue whining about how shitty everything is, or change your mind, or check out. And as far as I'm concerned, checking out is, uh, one option, but only after you've really seriously looked at all the other ones, because really, you know, you got a short time to be alive and a long time to be dead. So. The thing that strikes you know,
0: me about these kind of conversations is that it typically is, I mean, aside from terminal illness, which, you know, identifies itself
1: very quickly. Yeah, that's simple. Yeah, and that's yeah. simple, too. I mean, if it really is painful and you're yeah. fucked up and there's no hope of it getting any better, right. then why wouldn't you kill yourself? You know, I mean, that makes sense. But when it relates to motivation to get
0: out of a particular circumstance to, you know, unburden yourself from particular things, I mean, debt is a good example of this. We live in a yeah, debt-based yeah. culture that burdens sure. people and oftentimes, you know, although this yeah, if is you, are, well, yeah, fine,
1: yeah. you know, finance do take their lives a huge based on, part of yes. that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, capitalism. Yes. <laughs>
0: No, I mean, I certainly there's certainly a burden that is put upon our shoulders associated with existing in this present society. I mean, you've been able to walk a very neat line, aside from your,
1: I, uh, oh, I've been, but yes. yeah, I've been very fortunate. I, I, I in fact, the more, uh, my little prayer, thank you, Creator, for giving me my life, <laughs> yeah, uh, is is becoming more and more dominant for me. And I just, one of your greatest I'm assets most... is your
0: health through this,
1: because yeah, if you, yeah. you know. Oh yeah. 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 And energy. I've got plenty of energy and I'm healthy. You know, I mean, I got aches and pains and I can't walk more than a hundred yards, but (laughs) things like that. But I mean, you know, that, you know, who knows? I mean, that may change. So, um, other than that, I feel good and I've got energy. So Mm. I, and I've got as much energy. Well, I don't have as much, but I mean, I don't really feel that much different than when I was 30 really. Mm. Except for the aches and pains. <laughs> yes. Before we started, I was thinking about talking about changing the day mm. because n- unlike you in your youth, uh, when I have to work, it, I actually feel the difference. I mean, I was dragging, uh, before, you know, I'm just thinking, you know, I don't know if I, but, and I feel that way every time now. I never used to feel that when we did it on Fridays, mm. but every time now, the, an hour, I took a nap. Or I was trying to take a nap, but I but I uh I, I couldn't. Yes. But, uh, but at but any point it, as soon as we start talking, <laughs> all of that goes away. Yes. You know, and it, it reminds me of the story of Pablo Casals, you know, the cellist, you know, who was in his eighties and nineties, I mean still playing. Of course he was awful cellist, I think, but but the point is he could hardly walk. You know, he was just bent up with arthritis and all sorts of shit. But apparently when he sat down and played the cello, he was like a 20 year old mm. his body just responded <laughs> you know and then he'd get up and hobble over <laughs> to the table once and you know so yeah it, it's amazing yeah it's- I, I was i was really uh really fading an hour ago <laughs> <laughs> very interesting. Very interesting. So,
0: as as noted in our last recording, and I saw an update associated with your bowl of salad uh, through the week as well. <laughs> I am, yeah, I, am, I get
1: more responses to that than my art. So, where you go? Yeah. What, do you, what can you say? Exactly.
0: <laughs> go with the salad every time, Harry. Go with the salad.
1: No, we are now. Well, I this. may make a picture of the salad. Maybe, maybe that's when I will start taking pictures of salad. Maybe I can Fraktal sell salad. Oh. That's what yeah, you need to go yeah. with.
0: Definitely, definitely. So, yes, my spiritual advisor and I are now on the paleo diet. And uh-huh. um, it's interesting, actually. The first thing I n- noticed was my perception of time elongated, which is very strange. I've done the Atkins diet previously, uh, and that is a very strange in terms of body reprogramming. But this diet has got a particular thing associated with like visual perception, which I'm finding very curious. I'm probably slightly Damn. more acute than most of these kind of things. The other yeah. thing that I've noticed is that my dream space has changed dramatically.
1: Really? How long have you been on the diet? Just a week. Okay. And and you began to notice the changes? How quickly? Well,
0: part of the propaganda that they sell with the diet is the notion, <laughs> oh, is that, you, is the notion that your dreams will improve oh, and really? you will get better sleep based on the
1: diet. Oh, okay.
0: And I think... The thing that I didn't realize was the lucidity. I mean, I've always thought I've had relatively lucid dreams, but the dreams that I've been having
1: more recently, and almost instantaneous lucidity. Well, let me... uh, What specifically is the diet... I mean basically so it's nuts and fruits and stuff that, you, that people in the Paleolithic would eat. Exactly. So
0: you have <laughs> yeah. you eliminate um
1: All processed food. All processed yeah, food. Yeah, you yeah.
0: eliminate carbohydrates which you would get through processed food anyway. Well, no, you eliminate but, well, wheat. Well uh, if you
1: can eat an apple, can't you? Yes, you can eat an apple. Oh, okay, so, so you're not un- eliminating carbs.
0: No, unlike unlike Atkins, you are not eliminating yeah. carbs, which is what's very interesting. You're just looking for uh, You're
1: you eating know, natural food exactly. the way our ancestors sisters 50,000 years ago 8 certain Absolutely.
0: Yeah, and you're allowed things like particular. What about kinds- meat? Yeah, no meat is everything basically. Yeah, okay. so you can eat as much meat as yeah. Well. But um, you're allowed particular kinds of canned tuna that doesn't have any soy additives. So I've ordered yeah. some of those. But it's
1: yeah, it's salads. it's... Well, you're allowed is full of shit. You can do anything you want <laughs> within <laughs> you know? the diet if you're willing well, to. Well, the no, diet well, it's it. your diet. You're the one yes. who who is the uh, uh, authority in Certainly. this matter. You can pick and choose or use the whole thing, you can do what you want. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, for the first, for the first few weeks anyway,
0: we're interested in seeing. Follow it. it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Interesting. But yeah, the cognitive
0: effects was something that I, I mean, the experience of Atkins is that you go through a couple of days of kind of aches and pains, which apparently is your kidneys and various other things kind of switching over to the new metabolizing. But with this diet, it seems to be less extreme. We did have an initial day of kind of aches and pains, but I think that's just the carbohydrate addiction being, you know, dealt Mm. with and your body actually changing the way you're processing um, sugars to fats and these kind of things. Yeah. yeah. I I,
1: I did Atkins for a while, uh, but I couldn't stick with that.
0: Well, the first time I tried Atkins, I actually hallucinated initially, which was more associated <laughs> with the quality of of meat and other products that I could get my hands on in the UK. It was actually quite difficult to do that. <laughs> Jesus. But here, here I've done Atkins once quite solidly, and I did it for about four months. And yeah, it was interesting to see that you could actually survive on food that I previously would have thought I never could have survived. Well,
1: on. we need soilant purple, you know, oh. or something, and we need yeah, you know, people chow. Yeah. That's what I want. But at work,
0: it just means that I eat more of the salads and I throw aside any, you know, bread rolls, corn or anything yeah. like that. that will yeah. Come through. yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, it's been an easy, um, it's been an easy first week. We'll certainly stick yeah. with it. Uh,
1: well, the diet I'm on is really simple. I can live with this for the rest of my life easily. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, uh, I mean, it's boring as hell, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it works i mean i 'm going to have to add more to it eventually because I mean I continue to lose weight, and i mean it 's only like a pound a month now or something mm. you know it 's slowly going down at some point i 'm going to have to add something else to the diet so mm. well, but your I, consumption of okay. ice
0: cream seasonal ice cream might fluctuate it surely
1: um, seasonal ice cream i 'm not sure what We've you're talking
0: discussed about. previously kroger 's ice cream. As being a staple when it's in season. Oh,
1: oh, you mean the yeah the strawberry bars. Yeah, I don't know if that actually is seasonal or not. That's what the person I, was, I said I was going to say waitress the, the whatever they call them cashier said. I don't know if that's true. Um, But if they're not there at some point, then they won't be there. (laughs) That'll be that, you know? So, but while they're there, they are definitely one of the high points of every day. Absolutely. (laughs) It's a little, a little treat for my mouth every day. See, if we really get nanotechnology down, then we've got it made because it can, you can make it look like and taste like anything you want to, and it can, it can be composed of absolutely the most nutritious, perfectly tuned substance for your body. Mm. And what it tastes like and its bulk and all that is just a matter of form.
0: But you're familiar with micro surely, where they use like liquid ice and stuff to reduce... Plants yeah. and, and meats down to like different
1: forms
0: and yeah. of reconstruct. but well, there's a
1: lot of work yeah. to be done here. So. I mean, this is you know, this is. Uh, I mean, we're we're, all, we're not that far away from it. I mean, you can keep a person alive in a coma forever. Mm. They're not very active, but I mean, we have pretty good idea what it need what we you know what's needed to maintain the body. Mm. You know, we got dog. We we got puppy chow, dog chow, mm. damn, You know. Uh, it's, I don't see why it'd be that much more difficult to go from dog chow to human chow.
0: Yes, although, yeah, you know, I've gone through various ebbs and flows through my life assessing what pet food is in some quite abstract sense.
1: I've never eaten it myself. Have you ever eaten? Really? Uh, sure. Yeah. I mean, not the meat stuff, but the dried. Some of the dried oh, things. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, my my. Uncle- the meat stuff. I don't know why, but I couldn't. Yeah.
0: My out. uncle once served dog food with like biscuits around it, like crackers <laughs> around it, and people ate it up quite comfortably. And they loved it. Yeah. 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 They thought I it was pate it's... or something.
1: Sure. Know. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: Maybe I'm not. Yeah, I'm, I probably wouldn't be the one to be fooled in these circumstances. But you know, pate on some level has various kind of
1: uh, you know. Well, dog if it's food pate, yeah, smells. yeah. Well, yeah, pate. What the fuck are you going to do with pate, man? It's paste. It's been pulverized. Whatever the hell it used to be, yes. it, it ain't anymore. <laughs> yes, that's what I would call highly processed food. Although that's simple processing. A Paleolithic pate Mm -hmm. would be just fine. Yeah, certainly, certainly, certainly.
0: Anyway, I'll continue to give updates as as things occur. The dream space stuff has been really very fascinating mm, because it's, the lucidity is just phenomenal. I mean, I used to think that I had pretty good dreams, but now the color primarily is, yeah, it's, it's something I actually quite easily look forward to. And the ability to, I mean, even if I wake up at six o'clock, I can still go back to sleep and have a good lucid dream before I have to wake up again and, you know, get ready
1: for yeah. work. I'm sort of curious as to how what I'm eating is different than from what so you're eating. You,
0: you have cheese in your salad. Ah, uh, right? yeah,
1: there's little bits of cheese. Yeah. yeah.
0: But I don't think the cheese would necessarily be a, a deal breaker, although the paleo people are very anti dairy. Well, yeah. Aside from that, it looks religion. pretty. It looks pretty, you know, paleo friendly. Yeah. Do you put salad yeah, yeah. dressing
1: on it at all, or do you? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I use a, of a, a vinaigrette. Do you make the vinaigrette from raw items? No, or no. You... I, no, man. It's you know whatever wishbone.
0: Okay. <laughs> so that that would be anti paleo. Well, I, well yeah, I need to from... take a
1: look at the ingredients. Actually, you know, I haven't. Looked at the ingredients in that, and mm. I should. I was shocked uh, when I saw the ingredients in frozen orange juice. Yes. Oranges. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: that
1: got me hooked on drinking orange juice. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, the orange juice is actually against the paleo diet. I have a co worker who's on the paleo diet who will really? drink tomatoes. Well, now,
1: why would that?
0: Because it is a denser form of, like, if you ate. 10 oranges, which use typically what it takes to get a glass of orange juice, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less. But if you ate the amount of fruit and the pulp and what have you, then the sugars that you would be absorbing through that would be proportionate to a considerably larger amount of vegetable fiber. Fruit fiber here. And uh-huh. you're not getting that in the juice. You're just getting the kind of sugar in a hit versus actually the experience of, you know, filling your body with the fibers and all these other yeah. things as well. Yeah. So that's why fruit juice is frowned upon in a rather. That's,
1: that's beginning to sound a lot like uh, <laughs> theology fruit fruit. at this yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's yeah but I mean, fruit. I can understand yeah. that. That's not an unreasonable yeah. Uh, position. Yeah. yeah. Fuck them. I don't care. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean. We- Although I've cut it back. I'm, back. Yeah. I- I'm trying lemon now mm. rather than orange
0: juice mm. yeah lemonade is an interesting thing because very much similar to the term conservative and i link the two together for obvious reasons uh,
1: lemonade can mean so, lemon, oh, an apple pie then i guess yeah, goes in you 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 already ticked <laughs> that box too so the,
0: <laughs> lemonade is i mean everything from pink lemonade to just raw lemon juice with a little water to like fizzy stuff to like Sprite. I mean, there are so many different ideas of lemonade in this
1: country. I'm never really sure what... Well, what no, not lemon. Mean. Those other things aren't lemonade. Lemonade has a very specific meaning in this well, country. Well, to you it does. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think to most people. No, I, I mean, f- there are some people who don't, you know, who but who cares what they think? They're idiots. If, if, if all those things you mentioned come under the word uh, uh, lemonade, then those people are linguistically challenged. So
0: what does lemonade Mean to you, since you still haven't revealed
1: this. Uh, lemons and water and sugar. Okay, okay, interesting. So
0: I was almost there with the lemons and water. I just needed to add sugar in order. to... A little bit,
1: yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Without the sugar, <laughs> it's just it's just sour lemon water. Yeah. <laughs> lemon water. Yes. So I have a number of topics here, and they're kind of ordered in. In Heron needs to be this drunk before we discuss. Ah, this. well, let's start off with the easy shit then. Yeah. <laughs> Or so, the difficult shit. I'm not sure which one you, <laughs> you think no, I do need the easy shit first, and then I move towards the difficult shit. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Wait this till I get totally incapacitated. There's a descending order here. Stuff. That way, yeah, okay. yeah, you, right, you won't complain
0: good. about the quality Fair of the enough. topics. Yes. So, last recording, I mentioned a uh, a woman called Sarah Kelly who had a Kickstarter associated with model railroading. And she'd done a lot of things to promote this Kickstarter, but through a series of experiences that I had with Kickstarter previously, I thought, this probably isn't a good idea, and it doesn't look like she'll get the funding. With an hour to go, she had about $7,000 left on her funding. And with 20 minutes to go, she was $1 above her funding with only a <laughs> hundred and right. I think it was 175 funders. She got
1: $30,000. Amazing.
0: Which is $170-odd per funder.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a new world, man. Mm. It's amazing. That's, that's, um, that, that just opens up all... Again, this research project you were you brought up last mm-hmm. week. I mean, you know, it doesn't even have to be a money-making idea. It just has to be an idea that, that enough people recognize need to be done and are willing to get involved with doing it. So, I mean,
0: two minds about this. Well, actually, through the week, it occurred to me that this long legacy... Field of Chaos project, which, you know, involves rewrites, a comic book, a role-playing game. If I put all this stuff together, I would actually have something of a coherent Kickstarter project. Yeah. And I thought to myself, particularly I've been looking at the comic book art with the view that I could pull out between 10 to 15 frames from the assembled comic book. And use them in the role-playing game, for example. Yeah. And then that would be something that would be coherent that I'd look to make $500 on, put it up on Kickstarter, and at least run the thing as an experiment.
1: Well, that's the thing. This is all new territory. Yeah. <laughs> you know? You, that's how we'll find out. You try shit and see what Certainly. works. See what you can get away with. Certainly.
0: But I think the the... Having done the experiment associated with funding all these projects and having had the experience of a, a small number, but still a number, that didn't complete and kind of left a relatively bad taste.
1: Yeah, that's not good.
0: I'm very mindful that I need to, well, minimize this. Well, defensive. no, you need to eliminate it. Yes. You need to deliver what you say you're going to deliver. Part of this is the idea that I will have something already to deliver to the people upon
1: before you even get into exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah.
0: And I think that is a critical element that I'm certainly yeah. going to provide. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you
1: is- only go to them yeah. at, at the last moment when yeah. you actually need the money. Yeah. There's all the preliminary work. That's what I'm saying is that there's a lot of preliminary work. But if you do that preliminary work when you go to Kickstarter, you know exactly what you need and exactly what you're going to do. Mm. It's perfect. Mm. You know, and you either get it or you don't, depending upon how good your video is. Certainly.
0: Well, the, I think the record-breaking success of $9 million, wow. uh, which is, a, what's it called? The It's basically a cooler. I think it's called The Coolest. And it's a cooler that has a blender, USB (laughs) attachment, and a variety of other features attached to it. I funded it. Uh I put my money in. Having Uh seen the video and having my spiritual advisor say that this was a good investment of our money, I put the money in. I think it was something like $199, which reserves you one of these things. So doing the math here, I think there was something like 60,000 people that did the same thing. And, uh, no, the fellow was funded to the tune of nine million dollars. Now, He had already built a number of prototypes. He'd already spent a couple of years basically getting his stuff together. He
1: had his shit together. He was ready. He needed this much money, and he knew exactly what to do with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So he needed a small fraction of the amount he finally got, but I think this should project him in a brief... And I think it may become a... I mean, if it becomes successful, maybe the early editions, as a lot of these kind of eclectic Americana things are maybe be seen as having some, you know, intrinsic value as well. We are just going to use the bejesus out of it. Uh, <laughs> although, we don't, you know, I'm, I don't drink, you know, ice laden, crushed ice, alcoholic beverages, but we certainly drink a lot of water with ice in it, so we could utilise that at least. Yeah. As, as one possibility. But yeah, just as a kind of thumbs up, I think that was a relatively easy project to put a bit of money into.
1: Yeah, that's an, well, the, the, it's going to be really interesting to see how this unfolds. Or I mean, this is just- just really beginning i mean it's the whole idea of crowdsourcing and you know is, is a fascinating idea mm. you so know? when i got
0: home i sent tara kelly a congratulatory email in the response to the conclusion of our last email and said you know by all means come on model rail radio and talk about the project i had through the week through the model rail radio mailing list given some Reservation associated with the project and listed very politely my concerns, some of which I had discussed with you previously. And actually the community responded to that very well. I mean, no one called me a curmudgeon or a, you know, stinker <laughs> or anything like that. And I think I yeah. resolved in some people's minds that you need to come to Kickstarter with a certain, you know, a certain degree of due diligence, for want of a better term. The interesting thing with uh, this particular Kickstarter is you're not actually funding the final project. She says in the project, Outline that she will come back to Kickstarter to fund her wow. ability to shop the documentary to, I, I guess, film festivals. And the- okay, so this is just to produce it. This is just to produce it, yeah. which I thought was yeah. a well. Really, that's a first s- yeah. step. Yeah, I, I thought it was a strong risk in in meaningful yeah. terms, but others.
1: Well, but I mean, what not. is she giving to people who back her?
0: Mugs, caps. Production credit. Um, I mean, what's interesting through oh, the people. Okay. So she's just,
1: not actually promising to deliver a film to them. She
0: no, because she's asking for more money after that thing. Yeah. I yeah. mean, what I found curious was a majority of her contributors were first-time Kickstarter contributors. So I think what she did was create a community, create a strong mailing list. And then yeah. set this thing off as There's a probably a
1: real science to how to work Kickstarter. I mean, yes. probably someone who has already written this. But. Well, she certainly was sending a
0: lot of email to people. And this is a pyramid, fundamentally, in terms of the way these people continue <laughs> this approach. But she was certainly sending a lot of email to her contributors saying, you know, please yeah. get the money. Because, I mean, yeah. 24 hours ago, she had less than half. What she was asking for. She was able to raise roughly $15,000 in 24 hours.
1: Yeah, yeah. Which
0: shows well, uh, mainly from the people who'd already contributed. I mean, her contribution numbers. Well, were she's about obviously 100... got some people then who, yes.
1: who who like her work. Yeah, and I know, have disposable income. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: So, yeah, the build-up to these kind of things I think is very interesting because that's certainly something that I haven't really done in a meaningful You know sense. what's
1: a barrier for me in my thinking mm-hmm. is that the idea of disposable income has never been part of my life. Mm. I've never had – I've only in the last three or four years mm. had disposable income. Yes. And so in my mind, when I think of other people and the way they make decisions – I think they're like me, of course, you mm-hmm. know, which means I I never bought anything that I didn't actually really need to survive. Yes. And uh, and I realize, of course, that not all the world lives like that. <laughs> there's a huge part of the world that actually have disposable income, and uh, there's no reason I shouldn't be getting some of that, mm. <laughs> you know, but like I say, in my world, I mean, I'm just now beginning to understand how my own thinking has been limiting my ability to market myself or putting ideas in the world uh, just simply because of this idea. That I mean, I, I, part of me was thinking, well, you know, nope, this is, no, nope, know, nope, nobody can afford this. This is too expensive or whatever, and that's bullshit. There are plenty of people with plenty of disposable income, and they make decisions all the time to spend money on shit. You know, I never bought any software in my life until <laughs> you know, maybe three years ago. I've actually bought most of the software I use now, but, you know, I always pirated it. Yeah.
0: It is interesting because we talked about the notion of an agent over the past couple of recordings. And it occurred to me today, and this is probably indicative of how truly stupid I am, that what (laughs) I was looking for was a publicist, not an agent. And a publicist is someone who you retain. What's the difference? Well, an agent takes a cut of your money. A publicist is someone you pay. So, you mean
1: like a monthly on a retainer basis? Yeah, or something
0: like that. You organize something and they get your bio from you. I had for a brief period of time a publicist in the UK. And Mm -hmm. having retained her for a couple of months, I was talking on BBC Radio 4. Okay. If I'd been smart, I would have continued to use her, I guess. I mean she was local to me and it was relatively I met her for coffee, I paid her a few hundred pounds, The next thing I knew I was on BBC Radio. I think I there was some
1: article through that period of time as well. Hmm. I mean she Yeah, no, that's right. Both well you need were, you uh, need a representative yeah. is <laughs> yeah. what you need. Whether it's an aid you know, there may be times when an agent is appropriate or a publicist, whatever, but you need you need a representative to to help you get your shit out there. Certainly. You no, know, I certainly do. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and the budget of these
0: kind of things is um, you know, as, as someone who is a married man has to obviously be discussed and vetted, but I think once that has been established, it would certainly change perhaps some of the things that we are doing so it's something I'm pondering and I don't know whether, you know, I have all these projects that are kind of at different levels and at different simmering points Mm, Yeah, but, um, you know, I think having come to that epiphany, that idiot's epiphany sometime today I realised that, okay, this is is the framework that one needs to be uh, moving in accordingly but I think, having had to the experience of being a funder on Kickstarter, a lot of the mathematics, a lot of background understanding is from that perspective as opposed to someone who actually wants to create something through Kickstarter.
1: Well, it's good to get both sides of that, Without yes. Yes. <laughs> yes.
0: And I think getting a publicist through this period may be very useful in terms of tuning a Kickstarter approach as well. Could be, yeah. So, watch this space for more folks. Through the week, I debated whether or not to cover this topic. You may not know this. I've kind of alluded to it through the Stone Age Facebook group, but we have a few listeners who uh, who actively work at the Fruit Factory here, being Apple Computer, who listen to Stone Age. And. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very curious thing because they came from Model R Ra Radio to yeah, Stone Ape here, <laughs>
1: here they
0: land, and in fact, I get I get impassioned emails associated with the you know what we do on Stone Ape and how it's superior. Listen, to you Model guys, Ra Radio. Quit,
1: quit writing to Tom and post it your shit to the Stone Ape page. Thank you, <laughs> or befriend you and email you directly here. Well, if that's what they want to talk about, yeah, but uh, it'd be better, I think, to put it up on the page. Yeah. If that's what you're well, see- responding to, yeah. Instead of just to Tom, yeah. Because after all, Tom. Well, unless they just want to talk to you, in which case, never mind.
0: I think what the emails have been primarily around the kind of compare and contrast to Tom on Stone Ape versus Tom on Model Rail Radio. Like they want more of the Stone Ape Tom on Model Rail Radio. Mm. I don't know whether the Model Rail Radio listening yeah, public are ready. Yeah, for they Stone may Ape not.
1: Yeah, yeah, that may which not is the point work. that I made back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it might. It, it, maybe not. You might tweak it a little bit, just sort of <laughs> insert a few things and just see what the response yes. is. You know?
0: Well, that's how we got so many model radio listeners over here in the first place, Aaron. So. <laughs> Be warned. Anyway, the topic that I was kind of hesitant of covering was associated with these celebrity photos. And I thought, <laughs> the thing through this... That strikes me, and I was wondering if anyone in my good company would actually raise this topic through the week. It was talked about periodically at work. But Tracy Portillo, and and one other new listener whose name escapes me, did post about this. Uh And I thought it does merit some discussion, because my perspective on this... Well, there are well many I couldn't levels.
1: find the goddamn pictures. Oh, they were so easy to find, well, well, I, I, You know, I couldn't find them. So I must be a complete fucking idiot. So, in the early news articles,
0: they mentioned this 4chan.org site. Yeah. And I found out about this whole thing in the afternoon, and there was a link, which I clicked, and it went to 4chan.org. And I got to see all the bodily fluids spread oh, over their yeah. faces. Well, and all I this didn't kind of see stuff. that. Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. Oh, well, damn. Okay. <laughs> so I must really be bad. I, I don't understand it. You know, usually I find what I want. You know, but uh, I mean, I did. I did look and um, couldn't find them.
0: Just go to 4chan. That's the site that originally hosted them. It was just in the initial news articles. I'm like, I don't normally... I mean, the last time I went to 4chan was about four years ago, maybe even six years ago, when a fellow whose podcast I was editing was image manipulated and became viral on 4chan. And he had a series of images of... He was a particularly bizarre-looking fellow. I mean, that was part of his shtick. But he was, anyway, (laughs) his image was spread out over, you know, 50,000 Photoshop versions of it, which I thought was quite curious at the time. But a couple (laughs) of things struck me about these photos. And unfortunately, when I considered doing this as a topic, I went back and tried to memorise the name of at least three of the celebrities so I could actually talk about. The one that interests me in particular... And now, of course, my mind goes completely blank. Her
1: first name is
0: Kate, and my the second name is got Upton. You're very good, Harry. Kate
1: Upton. Well, I was looking for those pictures. (laughs) Other than that, I've never heard of her before. My my spiritual advisor (laughs) noted
0: Kate Upton about a year ago, and she had come across my spiritual advisor's radar. Because she had some movie, or movie, she had a, a five-minute clip of herself gyrating in a very small bikini, which apparently <laughs> had gone viral. <laughs> this one is actually quite interesting. I did a back, bit of background research because I didn't want to bore the Stone Act listenership. She is the great-granddaughter of the Whirlpool creator. She is independently wealthy. Her uncle is a Republican senator. <laughs> and she has made a career over not showing her nipples. I mean, this is this woman's claim to fame. Well, that's good for her. You know? And
1: it's very curious because now Only her- in America could you make a living not showing your nipple. Exactly. I haven't shown my nipples to anybody. You could have made a career out of this, Harold. <laughs> Damn! You didn't quite miss the boat. Well, I just wasn't thinking creatively enough. So now her nipples have entered the public domain. Oh, well, she blew it. You mean her. Well, career- oh, that's right. That's right she yeah. got hacked. Okay, so now her nipple, her name is gone. Yeah. This, so her lawyer has been representing <laughs> her with regards to this case. She, is, she lawyered up instantly associated
0: yeah. with this thing. <laughs> the other interesting <laughs> idea through this is that having seen a few of these photographs and having seen a variety of different Android devices, yeah. as well as I, iPhones and what have you, I realized almost instantly that this kind of claim that it was all iCloud's
1: fault Sounded like a little bit suspicious. Just a little bit, yeah.
0: (laughs) And as the hysteria got greater and greater, I just thought either the journalists, either the journalists are really fundamentally stupid associated with this, or none of them have seen the photos, or none of them could actually recognize the phones in the photos. And in parallel to this this week, we've had the second islamic state execution of an american which apparently has been almost completely expunged from the internet the last execution was done through a long narrative which was mainly footage of barack obama justifying the bombing of the islamic (laughs) state then followed by the fellow talking and then followed by and it i mean you saw the knife go to his throat and then you saw his head. And then on you his see body. his,
1: yeah, right, yeah.
0: You don't see anything in between. I don't think yeah. it's particularly barbaric compared to the, you know,
1: Daniel Pearl well, or, no, or any of yeah, these other sure, ones where yeah. you've got long hacking. Yeah, periods, no, this this but, is like a yeah. Holly, the Hollywood exactly. version. Exactly. Well, no, the Hollywood yeah. version would have it even bloodier. They'd have special effects. The thing that strikes me through this. <laughs> this is the Catholic Church exactly. version. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the thing that strikes me through this Islamic State video montage is that it actually is an opportunity for them to provide a message. So the removal of all the footage of this second fellow being executed again skews the message, which means that all we now get is this long, protracted pro-war bullshit that we're being kind of force-fed. How are we going to deal with these Islamic State people who are killing people at the rate of about a 200th or maybe even a 500th? That the US is killing people, including innocent civilians, through protracted bombing. So you have this strange narrative, which is being (laughs) completely framed by the media, who again... So I looked at this kind of iCloud-claimed breach, and the Islamic State video being expunged. Here's another point that I wanted to make to the Age listenership. The Electronic Frontier Foundation came out and made a statement slamming all the properties, all the tech properties, that weren't Google-owned associated with how they were censoring the internet missing from their statement was youtube quite strikingly because all the other independent free internet and there are more and i am discovering them because i'm looking quite critically about where i should put my tax dollars next year mentioned all of them all the sites that had pulled it but the eff strangely missed the google part per our earlier narrative associated with net neutrality but yeah, I looked at these things and thought, how it's our responsibility, really. And I mean, here you're looking at—I don't even know what the sternet listenership would refer to male bodily fluids as in good company. But you
1: know, I you don't look- think you do in good company. Exactly, <laughs> you don't anyway, refer to that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you're either you're either seeking out beheading videos to actually get statements as close as possible from the Islamic State, or you're looking at photos of bodily fluids spread out over starlets to identify what camera phones they're using so you can actually correct the narrative that the media is providing you. Anyone who tells me that we are not post-singular in this environment, I just, <laughs> I, I don't know what to say to you guys. Because I, this whole thing strikes me as beyond singular, you know. <laughs> We're past the singularity.
1: Uh, well, I have nothing to add to that.
0: Very good. Yeah, I thought I'd wait for two glasses before I ran with the uh, the starlets uh, and bodily fluids stuff. But yeah, it just, it struck me as very strange through the week and i'm I'm genuinely i don't know I mean the thing that also struck me through it was the level of depravity that was kind of captured in these images. I guess it, I have no morality in the circumstances, but to kind of document oneself covered in bodily fluids strikes me as a very strange practice
1: well, they're young, you know exactly. i mean w- when you're twenty two twenty three you know I mean yeah. shit, sex is fucking cosmic, man. You know, it's just that they're just kids. What the fuck do they know?
0: Yeah, they're, they're dumb, th- dumb and full of well, no longer full of <laughs> bodily fluids. <influence.
1: Yeah. laughs> Drained of bodily fluids, yes. Yeah, that's good. That's a good. That was that. That'll make a nice little poem.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But um, it struck me as quite curious the starlets that actually had the forethought not to take naked photographs of themselves. as Well,
1: <laughs> well, at least was, not put them on the, you know, on their phones. Well, not take them with their phones. I or, guess. Yeah, you yeah. know, or whatever, or yeah. make or be smart enough to know how to keep them private. Yes. Yes. Film photography, I guess, just got a shot in the arm through this. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, no, if if you know what you're doing, this stuff, you can keep this stuff private. You yes. know, it's not that big a deal, really. Yes.
0: Well, no, that's exactly the point. In fact, I put the images together with the level of general, like, personal security that one might have in these circumstances. I mean, this... This was what the strange kind of vignette of, you know, 15 minutes worth of looking at these images conveyed to me, is that these are people who are young, they clearly have a huge amount of money, and they have no notion of personal safety in this kind of environment. They just, you know, they're just documenting their rise to power.
1: (laughs) I don't know what they're doing, actually. It's an interesting, you know, I don't know. I mean, because I certainly had a wild sexual life for a Mm. long time. Mm. And... If I'd had a camera in my f- in my phone back then, I mean, I don't know what I would have done. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, I watched an interesting documentary through the week made by Roman Polanski associated with a... It's called The Weekend of a Champion, I think. And it's Roman Polanski following around uh, Jackie Stewart, who was a Formula One racer. You see, I can right. remember this guy's name. I just can't remember Kate, whatever her name is. Um, yeah. So, Upton. Upton, yeah. So that was fascinating because uh, Roman Polanski is, is, is that person. I mean, he is the kind of epitome of, you know, late adolescence, early mid-twenties, surrounded by, you know, a variety of, and actually through this, getting messed up with the police which I think probably most of his generation who did exactly the same thing...
1: <laughs> well, and every man if he could. <laughs> well, uh,
0: I don't know. I mean, yeah, we've had this discussion previously so in kind of abstract terms, but I don't know, I guess... Sexuality is very different for different people. The intellectual part of yeah. sexuality is something that I, I personally find, you know, fascinating. I, I don't
1: think, think it has much at all to do with intellectuality. You see,
0: this is, this is exactly, we, we each come to it from our own perspective. Yeah. yeah. And for that reason, you know, 14, 15, 16 year olds, I mean even when I was 14, 15, 16 weren't particularly interesting to me. So yes, yeah. it is a very curious thing.
1: Well, like I said, yeah, it's I I yeah, I think sexuality is just one of those really difficult subjects, you know. I think everybody wants to, I mean at least men just want to fuck anything that they can. Do you basically. think that's true? Yeah, mostly. Yeah. Not I mean not everybody, but I mean mm. uh, I think yeah, basically men and then, and but again, see it's all so tied in with our culture. It's hard to get back to just, you know, what's what's really there, you know. Yeah. But my sense, well, we've talked about this before, is, is that most men are just enormously sexually repressed. Yes. They just haven't been laid enough. And yeah. so, consequently, that is a driving force in their life is to get laid. And cute is the only issue.
0: Yes.
1: And 14 is cute enough. Yeah.
0: It's interesting because I think I mean I've I've reflected and I've talked quite candidly on these recordings associated with the motivations of sexual education and I've reflected on this quite I mean periodically associated with the fact that having strong sexual education in the schools changed my generation's perspective associated with sex. Did it? Yeah, I think for the better. I hope. Well, I don't necessarily know that to (laughs) be fair. Not necessarily. When finally, in this country, I I was able to meet families who had children that had died of AIDS, which I didn't have access to in Australia, my immediate reaction was actually to become quite angry that these were, I mean, although it was terrible situations and circumstances, every intimate point of contact or even leading up to intimacy was so heavily prefaced with the fact that this is going to kill you that yeah, it, I think changed the sexual and when yeah, I look at yeah, associated, yeah, AIDS really did yeah. change everything. But yeah. when I look associated with people having children, all my peers that have children. Aside from a very small number, I had them in later, you know, in their mid to late 30s. Yeah. None of them had them in their, you know, early 20s. It's a continuation, I think, of a very curious set of programming. Now, I had additional, you know, nonsense. We've talked periodically associated with the fellow who stalked me and his pedophile groomer, who ironically, and now I can say this, I think, I think I can say this, looked like Robin Williams. <laughs> So, <laughs> I, yeah, the whole death of Robin Williams was a strange thing in my own psychology as well. But, yeah, so, I mean, I think sexuality is, is prefaced by so many different things. Ultimately, the football jock and the perception of sexuality through the football jock is a very curious thing as well. I, I agree with you. Probably if you were to find a percentage of the population that was both undersexed and wanted to be oversexed, that culture is, Because it's part of a, you know, an ongoing kind of social justification. That's why cheerleaders are there. You know, it's all laid out (laughs) in a kind of pre-tribal fashion. But, uh, having, having spent time around these kind of people at, uh, at uh, Michigan State University and having had them, you know, run their mopeds into me and laugh and, you know, shout out the window as they drove past me as I was walking to the post office and all these kind of curious things, which was a vignette over just a week's worth of time there. I realized that, um, yeah, these people are, you, when you talk about language monkeys, I think the phylumation of language monkey and the deeper understanding of the many different sub within language monkeys. Oh, yeah. Probably. Yeah, yeah. You know,
1: well, we're right. all language monkeys. Yeah. I mean, all of us. You know, the question, one of the big issues is whether or not you're aware of that yeah. or whether you believe everything you hear. You're, yeah. you know, again, whether you're under the spell of the language machine or not. I mean, that's the fundamental issue as far as I can see. That's the difference between the world we've got now and a reasonable world. Is a planet full of people who understand that the voice in their head is not who they are. It's just their language machine. Relatively simple stuff.
0: I often wonder of our conversations, what actually affects you through our conversations. It is quite curious because, I mean, listeners will find this as well. There are some topics where I can raise it with you every week and it comes afresh every week. Like, if yeah. you've never heard of this previously. And then there are other <laughs> Topics that immediately get you. And the thing that struck it me... That immediately what? That immediately resonate with you, that you refer oh. to the week following, or two weeks following, or three uh-huh. weeks
1: following. Yeah. Yeah
0: and the notion of cold calling through a kickstarter and actually gaining an, a, a broader surveying a better understanding and really challenging some of your assumptions ultimately through this process i would hope.
1: Oh, it's an awesome idea. Yeah. I mean, really because all i've got is just my my best guesses from what limited experience i've had. Yeah. You know, which is okay. You know, yeah. but it's enough for me. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think it's an awesome idea, yeah. and I think it's it it's not it it's so cheap to do that it might be the kind of th- Kickstarter you could do where you're not giving anybody anything except the access to the information. You know, because it needs to be done.
0: Yeah, the problem with that is that you, when you have a single, I mean, I've seen some single tier Kickstarters, i.e., 10 bucks, you know. Yeah. You don't have the ability, as, um, you know, Sarah Kelly was able to show in the past 24 hours, to actually build within your existing community.
1: Oh, well, why not? No, that's doing pre, that's work that needs to be done before you even start the Kickstarter. Well, what just, well. If you have
0: an only a 10-buck donation position, yeah. then people that donate the 10 bucks initially, what's their incentive to come back and donate a little bit more?
1: Uh, because they think the project is important and uh, needs to be done, and they're interested in finding out what the answers are.
0: Oh, okay. So they're, they're basically giving you a tip rather than giving you an increase in... in
1: well, it's not about that. making money. It's about mm. doing something that needs to be done. Mm. And yeah. I, the question is, are there any people out there who want to play that game? So... I would put to your friend who is
0: contemplating suicide that if they have an interest in talking to you and working on on your ideas or at least are sympathetic to your ideas that they could potentially assist you associated with Well
1: that's what I things. that's what I've said is that basically we need him and that he's yeah. just precisely the kind of person who shouldn't check out exactly. because the fact that it's painful well tough shit. Yeah. You know the stuff you have to do you don't want to do well tough shit. Yeah, exactly. You know, we need you. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't check yeah, out. Yeah, cuz you know one less means
0: something on something. Yeah,
1: like yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, but that's my story, you know, (laughs) obviously. Well, I'm very
0: sympathetic (laughs) to this project as well. In fact, I'd love to see you create a Kickstarter and, you know, because I think ultimately it would also bring people to your particular.
1: You know. Well, actually, I'm thinking a uh, Kickstarter may be the way to get the, the speaking and listening here, uh, ESL skills thing going mm. too, because, uh, it, that's not that expensive. I mean, mm. that, that's a relatively cheap thing to do in the pots. And just as a money making thing, that's just fucking huge. So, um, you know, again, th- those this Kickstarter stuff that you've been talking about is is still floating around in my head.
0: Mm. <laughs> yeah, it moves. I mean, it has to move to something at some stage. So, I mean, the difficulty is, I mean, we've been talking about Kickstarter probably for at least two years. And look, I'm oh, just sure. as guilty yeah. as you are like, in, in terms of... Like,
1: what am I guilty of? In not creating a Kickstarter. No, I'm not ready. That's, I'm not guilty of that. I'm not ready to do it. Well good
0: i i will take my guilt and you will say you're not ready that's yeah. equal and fair i guess yeah but um, no i mean my perspective has always been that i've wanted to have a project that's been near enough to completion to motivate yeah. it in the case of the comic book you know it writes yeah. itself in the case of the other writing and these kind of things you know, I've, I guess I've just lost momentum in some capacity or I've had other projects that have
1: kind of continued to motivate me. But- well, that's the thing is I've got a number of projects going on, you know, yeah. at least three or four. And, you know, sometimes one of them moves to the foreground and. And another one moves to the background and it may stay there for years, (laughs) but it's still there. Yeah. You know, the keyboard thing is still there. You know, that's a possible keyboard, uh, Kickstarter thing too.
0: Yeah. So I'm not in my notes, but actually motivated by this discussion, particularly talking about the comic book. I
1: can't recall when it was. It might
0: have been Sunday. I think it probably was Sunday. It could have been Monday. I realised that I encoded the last Stone Ape recording at a higher bitrate accidentally. I'd recorded some audio and sent it to a fellow uh, at a high bitrate. And because my process is relatively automated associated with putting out the podcast, I had accidentally put up a 160 K per second version of stone Ape. Which what do
1: you usually send out uh,
0: 64
1: oh great so that's significantly. yeah it's significantly larger huh? and so yeah
0: I thought oh, well I've got a I got a you know, downscale it and put it up yeah. and fix this thing. So, I, how, how notice, is there
1: a noticeable difference in
0: terms of quality?
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, I think it's, yeah, I mean, it's certainly noticeable, but the problem is it's not quality that anyone would really appreciate. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's just wasting. Yeah. The- it's, it's kind of, you know, for stereophiles only.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I, my sense is too. Is this, this is cheap. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, Chicken nasty. Yeah, yeah. Well, it gets they need to be able to understand it easily. And that's it. Anything beyond that is nice, you know, but not necessary.
0: So through this process, I put the audio on the Internet Archive, all the Stone Apes or Model Rail Radio, everything I do in audio form is on the Internet Archive. I had to log into the Internet Archive, and when I logged into the Internet Archive, it took a little bit longer than usual. And then when I went to access the Stone Ape audio, a little embedded dialogue came up and said that uh, the field of chaos comic, which has been in the archive for a few months now well since uh, Marie and Justin got married, was in violation of the Internet Archive's copyright. <laughs> and when I then moved through all the audio, all five point something 5.53 gigabytes of audio had been removed. and I thought, wow well, shit. I don't know if I have a backup of all of this. I had a backup on an old hard drive and I lost the power supply to that and I'd better go and... Look for that And in the process I realised that I could still At least access Some part of the Internet archive And quickly downloaded Everything I could grab Yeah And for about an hour there I thought Well what's this whole Stone Age thing Doing worth I mean You know I make relatively Provocative statements Particularly associated With the US government And occasionally call out The president (laughs) And those kind of things And you know It would be relatively easy For someone just to flag Something on the internet archive Oh yeah He violated copyright Putting his own comic book online and, you know, the whole thing just goes to to pot. So I've rescued all of the audio, and it's in a form now where, if need be, I could move it to a, a, a different host other than the Internet Archive. It's not quite like Model Rail Radio in terms of raw bandwidth usage, but it would certainly be considerable and it would cost me a bit of money, but... You know that aside, yeah, anyway, um I came back to it about an hour later, and it looked like it was just a glitch, but i 'm going to actually remove the field of chaos comics i 'm going to put this audio out and give people a bit of time to go back through the archive and download it if they so feel passionately involved, but it will probably disappear by the time the next stone appris well, why take it long.
1: now. And I just leave it there and because, put it up somewhere else. Well, yeah,
0: I, I think all of the above. Um, I'm going to use some of the artwork for the Kickstarter as well, and I kind of figure. These things can become, you know, the best possible bet would if it ended up on Pirate Bay or something like that. I mean, basically, if (laughs) you want to move this into infamy, (laughs) yeah, you know, (laughs) nuclear holocausts aside, the Pirate Bay will maintain this data forevermore. But it did make me wonder, and I mean, Bob Mottram uh, made an important point that basically this kind of stuff happens all the time. And it's one of the easiest ways to actually uh, stop people from communicating. I mean, per the discussion associated with IS and what have you. If um, the providers uh, take down your content, you've got to create your own providers through that. Kind of problem, yeah. But it made me think quite strongly, associated with what's the stone ape thing worth in the concept of kind of broader communication. And certainly, you know, I I think it's worth something. I thought actually about re or yeah, see, I'm it. not
1: sure that asking the question of what it's worth actually is the right question. Well, worth it does not mean yeah. a financial worth. Yeah, it no, I know. Yeah, its, no, it's important value. Yeah, 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 right. It's just if if it's something we're doing and think there's some value and we're putting it into the world and we want it to stay there yeah you know whatever happens to it will happen to it but it should be there mm. everything should be there yes
0: yeah but the ability i guess if in, in particular if you know political perspectives are distinct from uh you know what's going on in washington dc i mean all this kind of nonsense can easily get your stuff scrubbed and i just really? wanted to reassure the listeners that i'm certainly very mindful of this from this experience and will work diligently to make sure that this audio is maintained somewhere independent of, uh, you know, many as, um, as many of these possible takedowns as possible. But Bob Bottram does make a very valid point that ultimately, you know, when you start dabbling in particularly eclectic ideas, you are engaging in some form of information warfare, and you need to be ready.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think there's no way around that. The uh, yeah, the the caterpillar has got a very strong immune system. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> and we need to be aware of that. But anyway, I although to it's out. falling down, though yeah. that's the beauty is that really it can't stop it. It's you know I mean the cat it can't. It's over. You know I mean yeah they can create some problems here and there, but I don't see any hope for the caterpillar anymore. Mm.
0: Yes, I've been reflecting very strongly associated with the uh, solar farm that I pointed a lot of people to in Southern California. And just thinking about the fact that we can all kind of take some of this and uh you know work it accordingly yeah. i still I still haven't approached my accountant associated with divesting from federal income tax, but it's something that I've thought about quite critically, yeah. particularly looking at local schools and what have you
1: yeah that's something i mean it's not an issue for me right now, but mm. in the future, I expect I will you know, be more of an a uh, financial force. Yeah. And at, at some point, yeah, I want to make damn sure that none of the money is going to the government. Yes. Yes.
0: I do wonder associated with, I don't know, we talked about this last recording uh, with my friend in rural. You love the word rural. I also use the term, <laughs> term larrikinism. Do you familiar with the what, term larrikinism? Larrikinism? it turns out, is actually an Australian term. It means, uh, well, I used it in terms of hippie larrikinism. It means kind of boisterousness, almost, uh, you know, against the existing society, but also perhaps slightly jovial and humorously, very much in the in the kind of, uh, what is it?
1: Larrikinism? Yes. Okay, I to make sure. Okay, never heard that one. Or larrikin is the, is the root term, but it turns out that it's... Larrikin is what? Is the root term. Let well, I find, know, but I mean, I've never heard, that's an actual word, let me find the
0: actual definition here, Heron, because I've given you a series of kind of idiomatic uh, idiomatic. How idioms. do you spell it? L A R R I K I N.
1: Larrican is an Australian English Okay, that's term. not in the American uh, English, American heritage dictionary. Exactly. It does not have it. Larrikin is an Australian English term which in the
0: 19th and early 20th century meant a lout, a hooligan, a young urban rough hooligan, uh, meanings which are obsolescent. In the late 20th century...
1: Okay. Late
0: 20th century. Uh,
1: Adjective or noun?
0: Noun. He's a larrikin. He's a larrikin. Okay. Uh, Mostly a mysterious young person or an
1: uncultured, rowdy, but good-hearted person. And this is a word that arose in Australia in the 1960s, 70s, 80s? In in the
0: um, 19th century. The term larrikin was reported... In an English dialect dictionary in 1905, referring to a mischievous or frolicsome youth, the word lapican from (laughs) Scottish Gaelic lambash is the Cremat Fisherfolk dialect meaning of scoundrel. uh, is unlikely to be uh, cognate. When I used the term hippie larrikinism last recording, I thought, ah, that's a term that probably isn't used In in American English. Anywhere, yeah,
1: except in Australia. Well, is this a term that's still being used in Australia? Well, I don't speak for
0: terms that are currently... When I went back to Australia, I was stunned by the vast quantity of American English that had been absorbed into Australian Ah, culture. When I used to say hey or hi, people used to correct me and say, that's American, say hello. And when I went back there, I was told "hey" and "hi" were perfectly acceptable Australian terms dated back to the 1960s. Yeah. No. When yeah. I was there up until 1999, there was all this additional stuff. Guy, for example. Yeah. You know, all these kind of things that have been drummed out of the culture, was too American, go back there, and everyone's speaking like a yank. Yeah, yeah, you
1: yeah. Know? Yeah, we're taking over. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and it's funny, actually, because the, the anti-American sentiment, I mean, one of the reasons that my spiritual advisor and I are currently on uh, the paleo diet is because uh, if you have a bit of flesh on your features, you're very. and my stepmother, who is American, Commented as soon as we entered her uh, her um, penthouse suite, how we looked like Yanks, you know, which, encoding yeah. means you have a little flesh on y- your face. yeah,
1: you're fat, yeah.
0: <laughs> so <Sorry. laughs> anyway, I can't recall. We had a term that I was using to give a definition prior to laricanism that we were talking about something, and then we got to ra- we got into the laricanism discussion, and I think we've completely lost what the original. Yeah, topic. I have no idea what we were talking about. What we're we talking about we we're talking about a word similar to larrikinism that need a definition uh, it's lost for the ages folks I guess... donate listeners go back and find well,
1: I'm similar. listening to the the thing uh, the thread is probably there in the recording and someone yeah. can form us please do when you're listening to it or well, we can cover it next. what week. the hell were we talking about
0: well the distinction between you and me which is very curious is I actually listen to these recordings at least three times
1: yeah yeah
0: I think I wonder actually particularly so with the topics that gel with you, that if you listen to these recordings at least once more, we yeah. might have very different
1: discussion. We might. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. But we're not Could willing be. to experiment. So, um, I, you know, that would be, what is this, two hours? These things are usually, what, hour and a half, two hours long? Longer? <laughs>
0: uh, you can listen to them at double speed, you know, Harold.
1: Yeah, but that, I, you know, I just, that makes it even more tedious. Because then you really have to pay attention. Oh, interesting.
0: Or you can listen to them at 0.5 speed.
1: That's true, (laughs) and be just really slovenly. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, no, I just don't have any interest in it. I mean, I already know what the hell I think. I don't need to listen to this shit again. Hmm. And I sort of know what you think most. I mean, what would would I get out? I'm sure I could learn something out of listening to them, Hmm. but I'm not exactly sure. Well, I
0: think it would improve some of the refinements of topics. For example... For folks listening in, a frequent thing that I've been kind of peppering in over the past month and a bit has been associated with. Through the month of October, and for some of the month of November, I'm going to have various family members here and having to deal with them. So the the yeah, that's going to be fun. Through that period of time,
1: oh, we should get them involved.
0: Yeah, this is why my spiritual advisor really. I think that's a cool idea. Podcast.
1: Yeah, figure out a format that that'll work so that we can get them all involved in one of our podcasts.
0: Well, <laughs> in- interestingly <laughs> enough, look, my 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 second. <laughs> my my father's second wife, my first stepmother, um, is someone who I think would give you a good run for your money.
1: Oh, that would be fun.
0: Yeah, she's in, yeah. I guess, her mid-70s now, maybe even her late 70s. Yeah, uh That's
1: sharp, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, no, she's still an academic. Uh, she went to Cornell oh, yeah, and yeah, Berkeley. Yeah, you got to get her in here. Well, let's bring her in. Yes.
1: I don't know whether you're ready for meeting any of oh, these people. Oh, I'm ready. Right? Yeah, listen, I'm ready for them. I am ready for this. That's what you say. Well, we'll find out, won't yeah. we?
0: Yeah. Similarly, <laughs> yeah. I think my father would probably be an interesting... Uh,
1: I interesting... think it's always yeah. fun to, to meet somebody new, you mm. know. Uh, see, when I meet somebody new, I mean, it's really easy because I don't have an opinion. You know, all I do is listen for a while mm. <laughs> until I begin to get some sense of what's going on. And, uh, and if I don't get a sense of what's going on, then I just do a lot of listening.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Well... I'll i I'll put it. I'm I'm not sure whether anyone would be gay.
1: Yeah, well if, if it happens it'll happen. If not, it's not. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. But uh
0: yeah, so Stone Ape listeners, potentially something coming in the future. I the blueprint for this is when I went back to Australia the first time after ten years in two thousand and nine. I anticipated interviewing a couple of people who'd been really very instrumental in the early Noble 8 development. Yeah. And while I had meals with both of them and had a really nice time with them, I realised, firstly that there was no way the recording was going to take place. But secondly, that they had kind of continued on with their lives, you know. It's one of these things where if you are involved with something for a period of time and then you kind of continue on with your life. I did get some Noble Ape recordings after 15 years. I went back and talked to Doug Um I think that's even in the, maybe not in the Stone Ape feed, maybe that's in the Ape Reality feed. Uh, Another fellow who'd been one of the early kind of philosophy folk who'd been relatively instrumental in some of the Noble Ape development. Funny enough, actually, the physicist that works at Netflix now... Uh, was also relatively instrumental. He, he wrote some of the early physics for Nobelate too. So you know, I do maintain these people, but Nobelate for them is just a fleeting minute in you know an otherwise yeah. normal life. And yeah. <laughs> uh, for me, it's this thing yeah. which is completely removed from their experiences. And yeah, you know, I, I think well,
1: your baby. Yeah,
0: in the terms of recording people for things that they are not particularly you know lucid associated with their memories. Um, I mean, certainly for one of my friends, we spent a We walked for uh, probably two and a half, three miles uh, and had a reasonable chat associated with, you know, how I got from Australia to being back in Australia after 10 years and what had gone on in the interim. Some of that related to Noble Ape. Actually, we then met up with a group of my high school friends where almost as performance art, he started asking me questions associated with Noble Ape. But, um, yeah, it is interesting when you come to record people, their expectations and, you know, what... You know the fact that a majority of the population will not enter a recording lightly. I think you've, you've self-selected a very yeah. interesting language monkey. Well, here sure, in yeah, your, uh, yeah,
1: yeah. Anyone who's willing to be interviewed and recorded is um, out of the ordinary. Yes. Well, actually, you know, well, I guess that's so. because I look at you know again all of my, I mean, really going back to the Skypecast mm-hmm. days. All the people I talked to, mm-hmm. you know, and they knew they were being recorded. But I I really missed that. That was really the best, yeah. is talking to people just – cold you know just yeah. people i never knew you know and knew nothing and who weren't specialists and anything mm-hmm. but were, you know it, there i don't know if we can ever get that kind of thing back again but
0: well you can try it over the telephones heron you can try the cold yeah calling, yeah right? yeah
1: that yeah that's uh, that's that's a really fascinating idea it yeah. really is i don't know just how it would how that would work but but yeah. it's a neat idea
0: Yeah, my spiritual advisor periodically points out that when podcast listeners meet me, they appreciate, and she finds it quite difficult because most of the time she has to fill in the conversation gaps, but really this whole phenomena is very curious because I think left to my own devices, and you may be similar... I would be a kind of classic textbook introvert. It's only through... These yeah, kind well, it depends
1: of- on how much wine I've had. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but it's only through these kind of crazy ventures. And I went back and listened to an audio recording that I did when I was 19. I was interviewed on the local radio. This was before Noble Ape associated with being someone from the local cyber community, whatever that means. That was soon after the John Draper Crunch um, visit. Uh, And I was almost completely incoherent, and it makes me realize, actually, (laughs) that I've learned a lot associated with my ability to communicate, and really, if you even listen to the uh, BBC Radio 4 interview, it's only been in the past four or five years that I've upped my game associated with what we do here.
1: Well, I feel pretty much the same about my own work, is that, uh, I mean, the ideas have been okay with me for quite some time but i feel really only in the last couple of years i've been able to articulate it uh at all (laughs) you know and it's still a long way from where it needs to be yes
0: yes well i mean you talked about your um sabbatical in these terms (laughs) this was actually associated with kind of re resetting almost yeah it's beginning uh, to
1: look like there's going to be a year three, too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> when do you embrace the fact that it's just the way it is as opposed to being something?
1: Well, no, because my sense is that something is coming together, but it's just – it's on its own schedule. It's just not – doesn't appear to be much I can do to speed it up. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but my sense is there is some progress that this is headed towards something, and – um you know, and and I don't really know exactly where it's headed, but but I'm on the train, <laughs> and we'll see where it goes. Yes. yes.
0: So I'm out of topics, Heron. Is there anything that you wanted to to float to throw out there?
1: Well, the idea we're just talking about is something that I've been considering recently. This is why I've I've really decided to focus on my physical health. Uh, for the past year or so and, and need to get that because my sense is that I don't know. I, I don't know really what I'm doing and I don't know how long it's going to take to do it. Mm. And I'm thinking it may take another 20 years because what I, I mean, I actually, in a sense, I do know what it is I'm headed for and what I'm looking for actually is a simple paragraph. Or maybe longer, I don't know. A statement, something that people can read or hear that will actually enlighten them. Mm. It's just that simple. I mean, for so long the uh, the mind or intellect has been considered uh, something anathema to awakening, and of course it can easily be that. But I keep thinking that if it's done properly, if it's done right, it's the shortcut. Mm. And I'm, I'm hoping to write that paragraph. And it may take me another 20 years to do that. I don't know how long it's going to take, but I know, I, I know I'm zeroing in on, well, my, my sense is that's the story that I've got going right now, is that that's what I'm shooting for. That it, to, to a, a sentence, a paragraph, a, a short written statement that if somebody understands really, uh, actually, totally reprograms their language machine in an instant. Well, the voice in your head is not you. That's pretty good. I mean, that's, it, pre- it, that's the gold standard currently. It, that's the best I've been able to come up with so yeah. far. It's, it's not, it probably is going to need to be, well, I don't know what it's going to, that's the thing is, I just don't know. I don't know what, what it's going to take. But, uh, I, I, my sense is, I've been zeroing in on this for like 40 years now, yeah. and and I think that's that's getting close. It may need more. It may need less. I I don't know. And of course, the world is changing. That's the thing: is that people are far more sophisticated than now than they were 20 or 30 years ago. Mm. You know what it took 30 years ago. Uh, well, it was almost impossible 30 years ago. It's not that difficult now. So, uh, and as people continue to change, and as the world continues to change over the next decade or two, um, probably this this is going to change too. Hmm. So, I just don't like I say at this point. I just don't know. My sense is that's what I'm working for. Yes. And I, I don't know whether that's just crazy or whether it's really possible or or what. But I know that if that it's not going to happen in the next you know thirty minutes. Well, I don't even know that. I mean, it could happen any time. I could, you know, have this blazing insight and it would all become clear to me exactly what needs to be done and how to do it and everything. But I mean, right now I just haven't got a clue. Mm. And but I'm I'm in for the long run, so I have to stay healthy if I'm going to live to be ten (laughs) thousand. You know, so. So this year and last year and maybe next year are going to be about getting my body in a position where it's sustainable for a long time. That's almost my number one thing. I I can think, what am I doing? What's important to me? What am I doing? I'm not eating in the evening. Mm. That's what I'm doing. That's that's who I am. I'm not eating in the evening. Mm. And anything else is like side business. (laughs) Well, to assist with this goal, Herod. what – you don't consider drinking eating, obviously, so yeah. well I mean I, I'm not fanatic about any of this shit, you know I mean <laughs> I've got my own I've worked out a schedule that seems to be working slowly, and I'm content to live with that, yeah, and a glass you know an, an evening a week of drinking wine and getting drunk, although it's not really all that drunk uh, is it works works out fine with my schedule very
0: cool, very cool. Well, speaking of schedules, I have a busy day tomorrow. I think we've covered my topics and we've covered your topics. I don't think I'm doing anything next Thursday. I think we should be
1: able to record as normal. So I'm looking forward to it. Okay. Thanks, Tom. Take care. Good night.